0: okay there are people uh, this is another little chapter regarding international relations and global affairs uh, that could be useful for a wide comprehension of uh, the subjects um, speaking about politics in the north american region it is important to mention the electoral college system it is central in the electoral process in the united states uh, well as you know an election for President of the United States happens every four years on Election Day, held the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. The election process begins with the primary elections and caucuses and moves to nominating conventions, during uh, which political parties each select a nominee to unit behind the nominee that is uh, a candidate also announces a vice presidential running mate at this time. The candidates then campaign across the country to explain their views, to explain their plans to voters and participate in debates with candidates from other parties. During the general election, Americans head to the polls to cast the vote for president, but the tally of those votes the popular vote doesn't determine the winner. Instead, presidential elections use the Electoral College. To win the election, a candidate must receive a majority of electoral votes. In the event no candidate receives the majority, the House of Representatives chooses the president and the Senate chooses the vice president. The presidential election process follows a typical cycle. One can say that it is very synchronized uh, since it is effectively proposed step by step. First, during the spring of the year before an election, candidates announce their intentions to run. Then, in summer of the year before an election through spring of the election year, primary and caucus debates take place. Third, the next stage is a period around six months. From January to Jan of election year, states and parties hold primaries and caucuses. After that, from July to early September, parties hold nominating conventions to choose the candidates. Then, during September and October, candidates participate in presidential debates. Early November, that's the Election Day, and in December electors cast their votes in the Electoral College. And finally, in early January of the next calendar year, Congress counts the electoral votes, and on January 20th we can see the Inauguration Day. So, as I mentioned, the most important institution when the presidential election is made is the Electoral College. The United States Electoral College is, as definition says, a body of electors established by the United States Constitution, constituted every four years for the exclusive purpose of electing the president and vice president of the United States. The Electoral College consists of 538 electors and An absolute majority of 270 electoral votes is required to win an election. Pursuant to Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, the legislature of each state determines the manner by which its electors are chosen. Each state's number of electors is equal to the combined total of the state's membership in the Senate and the House of Representatives. Currently, there are 100 senators and 435 representatives. Additionally, the 23rd Amendment provides that the District of Columbia is entitled to a number of electors no greater than that of the least populated state. That's equal to three. So in total, we have 538 electors. Following the National Presidential Election Day, in the first week of November, each state counts its popular votes pursuant to the state's laws to designate presidential electors. State electors meet in their respective state capitals in December to cast their votes. The results are certified by the states and DC to Congress where they are tabulated nationally in the first week of January, before a joint meeting of the Senate and House of Representatives. If a majority of votes are not cast for a candidate, the House resolves itself into a presidential election session with one presidential vote assigned to each of the 50 state delegations, excluding the District of Columbia. The elected president and vice president are inaugurated on January 20, as I told you. While the electoral vote has given the same result as the popular vote in most elections, this has not been the case in a few elections, including the 2000 and 2016 elections, as maybe you can remember. It was the time in which the winners were George W. Bush and Donald Trump, respectively. The electoral college system, is a matter of ongoing debate, with some defending it and others calling it for its abolition. So that, that's a, a, a critical debate in the center. Supporters of the Electoral College argue that it is fundamental to American federalism, that it requires candidates to appeal to voters outside large cities, increases the political influence of small states discourages the excessive growth of political parties and preserves the true party system and makes the electoral outcome appear more legitimate than that of a nationwide popular vote on the other side opponents of the electoral college argue that it can result in a person becoming president even though an opponent got more votes which happened as I mentioned before, in two of the six presidential elections from 2000 to 2020, that it causes candidates to focus their campaigning disproportionately in a few swing states while ignoring most areas of the country, and that its allocation of electoral college votes gives citizens in less populated rural states as much as four times the voting power as those in more populous human states polls since 1967 have shown that the majority of americans favor the president and vice president being elected by the nationwide popular vote instead of by the electoral college now after this brief glimpse about the electoral college system and based on some william Kimberly contemplations It is feasible to note the advantages and disadvantages regarding its existence. Kimberling is a deputy director of National Clearinghouse on Election Administration. There have been a number of opponents on proposed reforms to the Electoral College system, most of them trying to eliminate it. But there are also loyal defenders of the Electoral College who, though perhaps less vocal than its critics, Offer very powerful arguments in its favor. So, let's review initially some arguments against the Electoral College to understand why some people could be considered it is working negatively in the American politics. Those who object the Electoral College system and favor a direct popular election of the president generally do so on four grounds. First the possibility of electing a minority president. Second, the risk of uh, so-called faithless electors. By way, the faithless electors uh, is, is an elector who doesn't vote for the candidates for U.S. president and U.S. vice president for whom the elector had assured to vote and instead votes for another person for one or both offices, or abstains from voting. Uh, third, the possible role of the Electoral College in depressing voter turnout. And fourth, its failure to accurately reflect the national popular will. Opponents of the Electoral College are disturbed by the possibility of electing a minority president one without the absolute majority of popular votes. Nor is the concern entirely unfounded since there are three ways in which that could happen. One way in which a minority president could be elected is if the country were so deeply divided politically that three or more presidential candidates split electoral votes among them such that no one obtained the necessary majority. A second way in which a minority president could take office is if, as in 1888 happened, one candidate's popular support was heavily concentrated in a few states, while the other candidate maintained a slim popular lead in enough states to win the needed majority of the Electoral College. A third way of electing a minority president is if a third party of a candidate however small drew enough votes from the top to that no one received over 50% of the national popular total so although more aspects are important in this discussion we can summarize the opposite position in that ideas now in the other side there are some arguments in favor to the electoral college system so We can say that proponents of the electoral college system normally defend it on the philosophical grounds that the system, firstly, contributes to the cohesiveness of the country by requiring a distribution of popular support to be elected president. Second, it enhances the status of minority interests. Third. The Electoral College contributes to the political stability of the nation by encouraging a two-party system. And finally, fourth, according to them, it maintains a federal system of government and representation. So, in a nutshell, we can say that the Electoral College has performed its function for more than 200 years by ensuring that the President of the United States has both enough popular support to govern and that his popular support is sufficiently distributed throughout the country to enable him to govern effectively. Although there were a few irregularities in its early history, none have occurred in the last decades. Even considering the difficult process that we recently experienced with the Trump's negative reaction against the election's results in 2020. Proposals to abolish the Electoral College, though frequently put forward, have failed largely because the alternatives to it appear more problematic than is the College itself. For many, the fact that the Electoral College was originally designed to solve one set of problems but today serves to solve an entirely different set of problems, is a tribute to the genius of the Founding Fathers. This discussion is open and active, and although many people don't care about reasons for updating the electoral process in the United States, at least for the election of a President and Vice President, more and more new people are concerned with Hope this brief story is useful for you uh, in the understanding of politics in North America. See you in next chapter. Bye-bye.